Dave and Darren give you the top five things. A review of the top five things that happened on our morning show, which you can listen to on your FM radio dial, Planet 93.9, Real Alternative Radio, or on our, our mobile app. You can watch it on TV, too, if you want. What a world. Yeah, there's a video feed. This Top 5 Things podcast is being brought to us by Nature's Treatment of Illinois. That's right. And we should remind you that Nature's Treatment is the only locally owned dispensary. Tech Drive in Milan and West Main Street in Galesburg. Both locations are open seven days a week. Both dispensaries offer recreational cannabis. And Milan offers medicinal, including topicals for localized pain. Right on. Where do you even get started here? I'm going to say one. Number one. One. Number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. And this should be obvious. Okay, number one. Number one. 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 Number one. Time for another edition of I Can't Believe Darren Wasn't On This Flight. You have had some misadventures when you've left the surly bonds of Earth, haven't you, pal? Never crashed. Knock on ne- some wood, would you? Never had my uh, plane throw it out of a window. An American Airlines flight from Miami to New York forced to make an emergency landing after a passenger gassed the cabin with pepper spray. According to one report, the woman claimed she accidentally deployed, uh, deployed the pepper spray because she thought it was hand lotion or sanitizer. Maybe don't get those things confused, huh? No. Hey, what happened? The flight was diverted to Jacksonville, Florida, after this incident happened about 5 p.m. over on uh, Sunday afternoon. What were you doing up there, Ma? I think I pepper sprayed the cockpit. <laughs> you shouldn't. How, are you, how do you pepper spray on a plane? Uh, I, yeah, how? There's no way you could get that on there. Well, I mean, she did. A Reddit user who reported that their significant other was on the onboard flight said passengers near the back of the plane began unexpectedly coughing and complaining that they couldn't see. It was unclear what was causing the disturbance. And then a flight attendant called on anyone who knew what was going on to come forward. Boy, that's always fun. Oh, it's one thing to get called up (laughs) to the chalkboard. Right? To, uh, I know somebody threw this spitball. Now, unless you all want to stay after school, whoever did it is going to tell us who, who did it. But on a plane. A woman eventually admitted to using the pepper spray but said it was an accident. After the Boeing 737 MAX 8 touchdown in Jacksonville, the woman, along with her partner and teenage son, were escorted off the aircraft. Wow. Other commenters on the post, by the way, say that they were on board the plane and they believe that this pepper spray was no accident. Okay, so this was just in the... uh, This was just... um, This was just the passengers that had got pepper sprayed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but some people are saying, look, I was on that flight and she was deploying the spray at a different family across the aisle. There is She's no reason spraying a family member, a different family. Oh, a different. She family. had her family, and then she got out the pepper spray, and for some reason deployed the spray, aiming for a different family across the aisle. Some users uh, on Reddit who are on the flight say they had no idea why they were suddenly having trouble breathing, and naturally feared that there was some sort of 
catastrophic malfunction on the plane. If you're on a plane and you can't breathe and you look around and other people can't breathe, yeah. I could see connecting those dots and saying, well, something's wrong with the plane. Sure. I would not assume that some idiot either mistook pepper spray for hand lotion or was trying to, you know, tear gas someone they didn't care for on the flight. And I'll also point out that from Miami to New York, uh, if you're landing at Jacksonville, you can't have been in the air that long. In Jacksonville, paramedics were on hand to treat people who were affected by the spray. Police gathered statements from passengers. Uh, They were forced to wait in Jacksonville for four hours before they were eventually taken to New York's LaGuardia Airport on a different plane, finally arriving at around 10.30 Sunday night. The TSA absolutely forbids pepper spray on flights. That's what you would think. It is unclear how this family was able to bring it aboard the plane undetected. Yeah. I will tell you this. If you've been uh, on a flight this week, because this happened Sunday night, if you've been on a flight this week, I'm assuming starting Monday morning, they've been redoubling their efforts in terms of anything pepper spray related. Because, yeah, that absolutely is not something that should have been on the plane. Yeah, in the you first would think place. that would be almost right at the top of the list. <laughs> right? That's not great. That's not something that should have been on a plane. But also, what do you think is more likely that she thought it was hand lotion or that she was aiming at somebody she didn't care for? Uh, trying to get another family. I don't like that family across the aisle. I don't aisle. like them. I don't like them one bit. Here, take this. I can't see. You would you would assume pepper spray is a spray. It's not a, a lotion is is not a spray. Yeah. Typically. But wouldn't you just like you know that you're in a closed environment when you're on a plane, right? Yeah, it doesn't make a ton of sense. Instant gratification, I guess. I mean, I guess I'm willing to believe that this was done intentionally, if only because the plane's origin was Miami. Florida. If this is a Florida woman, you know, then I guess that makes a lot more sense. Number two. Number two. (laughs) Number two. Two, two, two. Taco Bell wrestled the term Taco Tuesday away from Taco John's. Mm-hmm. Taco John's had a trademark on it, so Taco Bell for the longest time couldn't do any Taco Tuesday. And they Tuesday. threw a lot of money at it. Taco Bell did. Well, I don't think they did. I think there was the threat of Just throwing a lot of money at it. Taco John's, when they gave up the rights to Taco Tuesday, essentially said, they're going to have better lawyers than us. It's just going to cost. We'll spend us. more money. They're going to spend way more money than we would be able to. So this is not something that we're willing to fight over. And they just kind of acquiesced. And now Taco Bell can do Taco Tuesday. Anyone can do Taco Tuesday. The Taco Bell doesn't have a or, or Taco John's doesn't have a a trademark on it. And you know that's it's not just Taco Bell that gets to use the term. I mean, if you wanted to. Do a Taco Tuesday at a, a bar and grill. Mm-hmm. You can do that now because no one has a trademark on it. Well, almost no one. Because while Taco Bell every Tuesday is giving away tacos to celebrate the fact that they 
liberated the term Taco Tuesday, and it's, it's not trademarked any longer. It's not trademarked any longer in 49 of 50 states. There's a place in New Jersey that continues to hold the trademark, and they're saying they're not giving up. There's a bar and grill in New Jersey called Gregory's, and the guy who owns it is named Gregory Gregory. Hello. Gregory's Restaurant and Bar has been selling tacos under Taco Tuesday since 1979. They have held the trademark for the phrase Taco Tuesday in the state of New Jersey since 1982. And Gregory Gregory, the owner of Gregory's Bar and Grill, says, we're not giving it up. We're not going out down without a fight. Uh, he says here, I'm not worried about Taco Bell using it. I'm worried about the guy next door using it. The right. bar down the street using it. Right. I have a file folder full of cease and desist letters I sent out to other bars and restaurants trying to steal our thunder. We came up with this. We pay our fees. We went through the trademark process. We should continue to have it. In May of this year, Taco Bell filed a petition to the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office seeking to cancel the Taco Tuesday trademark nationwide. Again, it was Taco John that had that trademark. They've given, Taco John's has given it up. Taco Bell's attorneys argued that depriving people of the free use of Taco Tuesday would be like depriving them of sunshine itself. They did a whole ad campaign with LeBron James, and, you know, it worked. Taco Bell's main target was Taco John's. There are 370 Taco John's locations in 23 states. How many? 370. 370 yeah. compared to? There are 7,200 Taco yeah. Bells. Taco John's had the trademark for every state that wasn't New Jersey, and they held that trademark since 1989. If Taco John's got wind of you doing a Taco Tuesday, they would send you a cease and desist letter that basically said, if you don't knock it off, we're coming after you for damages. And you would then, if you were a smart bar owner, say, we got to call Taco Tuesday something else. So Taco John's gave up. But Gregory Gregory is saying, we're not doing that. Taco John's CEO said in a statement when they gave up on this last month, uh, it says here, we've always prided ourselves on being the home of Taco Tuesday, but paying millions of dollars to lawyers to defend our mark just doesn't feel like the right thing to do. Gregory Gregory, however, says whatever it takes. Call me Greg. He says of, of Taco Bell, quote, they're unrelenting and I'm hanging on as long as I can. Taco Tuesday, Gregory says he came up with the term in 1979 after noticing a giant line in the food court for tacos when he was at a mall in Philadelphia. He said until that, he'd never even heard of a taco. Hadn't he, heard of a taco? Not in 1979, no. In fact, he mispronounced it for a while. He thought it was pronounced taco. Okay. Okay. He tells the Washington Post that he tried a taco, and he didn't particularly care for it. In fact, 
He still doesn't like them now. I don't know that I buy any of this. This guy doesn't even like tacos. I don't know if I buy this. I don't know that this Gregory Gregory exists. They, the, the, the CBC, the Canadian Broadcasting Company, asked him about his tacos. Because he, he told the Washington Post, you know, I'm holding on to this trademark. I don't even like tacos, by the way. So the CBC asked, well, what about you know, the restaurant that you own? Do you like those tacos? And Gregory Gregory says, of, ta- of the tacos that they serve mm-hmm. there, Gregory Gregory, owner of Gregory's Bar and Grill, he says, quote, I like everything but the meat and the cheese and the shells. I like the tomatoes. <laughs> I want a taco. Hold everything but the tomatoes. Here's my taco. It's a tomato. Oh, wow. But he says despite his personal preferences, he does recognize the mass appeal. He recognized the Takos mass appeal back in 1979, and he knew it was something he had to put on the menu at his bar and grill. Tells the CBC, quote, they didn't want to put them on the regular menu because Mexican food in 1979 was really rare around this area. And I said, if we can't put them on the menus, let's just have them one night of the week. What do you think about this? Trying this out. You know how you have stuffed peppers, right? Mm-hmm. You know of them, right? Sure. Stuffed peppers. Yes. What about taco tomatoes? That's a thing. You basically make your, uh, as if you're going to make a taco, and you just stuff a tomato with that. How would the lettuce and cheese work if you're, if you're, that wouldn't work like a stuffed pepper, though? Well, you, you would have to stuff it, you'd have to, the lettuce you would have to add at the, add at the end. Yeah, right. I don't hate the idea. Well, and I think, uh, I think the boy might like it. Well, this is the thing. How did he come up with, Gregory Gregory, how did he come up with the name Taco Tuesday? It seems so obvious to us all now. Yes, now it seems like it's been around forever. With the alliteration, it just seems like, of course that makes sense. So it was Taco Tuesday because they would only serve tacos on Tuesday, right? Yeah. He says he came up with the idea because another bar in town, local bar called Tony Mart, they had a popular... What's it called? Tony Tony Mart. Tony Mart? Tony Mart. Gonna go to the Tony Mart. I'm going to the Tony Mart for a couple of drinks. He says this local bar in town called Tony Mart had a popular cheap booze night that they called Drink and Drown Wednesday. He says we decided to do it on Tuesday before everybody went out on Wednesday. We'll call it Taco Tuesday. Rolls right off the tongue. Mm-hmm. Taco Tuesday, Gregory Gregory. In the 44 years since, he says, Gregory's has sold over 2 million tacos. It is a key component of his business, and one he intends to pass along to his 14-year-old grandson someday. He says, I have to protect this. It's good, and it's a legacy. Taco Tuesday was born because a competing bar had Drink and Drown Wednesday. Drink and Drown Wednesday? That sounds marvelous. How am I just now learning of this? Well, you had to get to that before, you know, that's what we had before hump day. Wow. Is this feeling something real? You couldn't come out with a drink and drown Wednesday in 2023. Probably, probably not. Cheap booze night. We call it drink and drown Wednesday. 
<laughs> wow. The late 70s really were a very well, different there was time. The, what was it? It was the sink, and, sink or Swim, right? Yeah, they must have. That was the drink special, was Sink or Swim, right? Okay. Wasn't that where you just paid a certain amount, and then you just, that's it? There's a bar here in Pensacola that is advertising Drink and Drown Wednesday. Free well drinks and draft beer. Discounts on everything else. Free draft beer. See, I thought back in the day you paid like at least ten bucks. This is a ten dollar cover. Okay, it's from nine p.m. till one a.m. Okay, ten dollar cover for eighteen and over. What? Eighteen and over. Well, you know, it's in Florida. They, uh, the kids love it. It says here there's a DJ, DJ Bunny Hobson. With lights by Marky Mark. <laughs> Bunny Hopscotch is spinning the tunes. I'm DJ Bunny Hopson. Welcome to Drink and Drown Night. You give us 10 bucks and you can have well drinks and draft beer forever. Drink or drown. Boy, that just... That Sink or swim. I mean, wow. That's... That's something else. Well, Gregory Gregory is not not giving up. And honestly, I, I hope he continues his fight forever. At the forever. end of the day, you'd just rather have a tomato. <laughs> he would just like the tomatoes. He doesn't like the meat, the cheese, or the shells. But he no mention of the lettuce. Yeah, I don't know what the recipe is there at Gregory's Bar and Grill, but I'm looking here at a T-shirt that the waitstaff is wearing. It says, the original Taco Tuesday and Thursday. Since 1979 at Gregory's. Uh, it's in Summers Point, New Jersey. It looks fantastic. I, I think my favorite part of this is he, he's willing to admit he's not even really a fan of tacos. And he thought they were pronounced tacos? For the longest time, he thought they were pronounced tacos. Again, they, he didn't even learn about a taco until 1979. Yeah, I knew of him before then. I'm wondering, like, when did when did it become? Because in the late '70s, there weren't a lot of Taco Bells, right? I feel like the '70s was when tacos became a thing, and I, I'm willing to say that I've read this before, and I could be wrong, but I think that the taco really had an explosion in popularity. Because it was served at ballparks. That it was like a baseball food in the 70s. That this would have been something that Willie Stargell had more of a hand in introducing us to, to tacos. And, and, a, and a Steve Carlton than anybody else. Am I way off on that? That I had never heard. Americans eat billions of tacos every year. We eat as a country 4.5 billion tacos. That's right. Every year. And... Half of the United States population, around half of all Americans, visits a Taco Bell once every 11 days. Taco Bell originally started in the 50s as a burger stand. Then they started to sell hard tacos because they were in a Hispanic neighborhood. And you've mentioned this before. It's called Taco Bell because the guy who owned it was Bell. His last name was Bell. Wow. The word taco means 
light lunch. It also means plug or wad. <laughs> what? That's what it says here. Tacos first came to America thanks to San Antonio. In 1905, tacos found their way to the United States because uh, Mexicans were starting to move into the United States thanks to the San Antonio Chili Queens. They opened a food stand in the city, and the rest is history. Okay, so if it's 4.5 billion tacos, mm-hmm. and there's what, like 330 million Americans? Yeah, that's right. That's 13 and a half tacos a year. I easily eat 13 and a half tacos oh, in a year. It's not even close. We're certainly doing more than our fair share. Yeah. Yeah. Taco Bell's beef consists of 88% beef, and it says here 12% secret recipe. Better left unsolved. (laughs) (laughs) How do you get away with just calling something secret recipe? That, that seems that seems like they should not be able to get away with that. No, you wouldn't think. <laughs> I'm a little unnerved that 12% of Taco Bell's ingredients is listed as don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> None of your beeswax. Yeah, that's uh, it does not sound and it's not beeswax. Believe it. Uh this the 60s this says is when the tacos really started to take over but i mean i wasn't around for again i time. think uh it's not it's not a taco bell now but i think the very first taco bell that uh existed in the quad cities was yeah. the one that was up by hotel moline really yeah three all right number three number three number three 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 priscilla presley is saying she thinks something goofy happened to her daughter She's saying something just doesn't add up when she looks back at uh, what happened to Lisa Marie. Yeah. What Maybe does she think happened. Well, she says she something's not right, she says. In an extensive interview with the Hollywood reporter Priscilla Presley recounts the experience she says she wouldn't wish on any mother. The final days of her daughter Lisa Marie Presley, who died back in January, just 54 years old died after a complication related to bariatric surgery that she'd had years prior. Priscilla Presley says, quote, I did know there was something not right. Recalling the night of the Golden Globes on January 10th when she and Lisa Marie went to the Chateau Marmont after the awards ceremony. Here we go again. To celebrate Austin Butler's win for playing Elvis Presley in that Elvis movie. The night started out wonderfully before things took a turn, Priscilla says. Quote, we had just gotten there. You go down all these stairs. I tripped a little bit because I had these high heels on, and she started laughing so hard. And I started thinking, we haven't even had a drink yet. She goes, oh, my God, Mom, you can't even have a drink. It was a fun, fun memory. Then we sat down and ordered drinks, and she says, Mom, my stomach hurts really bad. We immediately got up and left. It was two days later when Lisa Marie's ex-husband called Priscilla to tell her that her daughter was in a hospital after collapsing due to a cardiac episode while she was at her home. She said by the time uh, Priscilla says by the time she got to the hospital, Lisa Marie was gone. She says, I still can't believe it. Huh. Yeah. There's a movie coming out a Sofia Coppola movie 
a biopic that will tell the story of Priscilla Presley. The movie is called Priscilla. Now, this will be about her days with Elvis. I imagine not her, not her, not much of the time afterwards, right? They asked uh, for permission to use Elvis's music in this Priscilla Presley biopic, and Elvis's estate said, "No, we're not interested in you using any of his music," which is weird because you'd think Priscilla would have some say in that. Yeah, she's behind the movie, but. The Elvis estate only owns 15% of Elvis's catalog. Like, they only have 15% rights to everything. The rest is owned by a group called Authentic Brands. Well, couldn't she use some of those songs then? Well, that's not how it works. Like, you have 85% is owned by Authentic Brands, and 15% is owned by the Presley family. When you own 85%, you basically say what happens. You call the shots. Yeah, right. Sophia Coppola requested to use Elvis's music in the Priscilla film. It was denied. Uh, she says that the controversial biopic will tell the story of Priscilla Presley's relationship with the king of rock and roll. She says, uh, Sophia Coppola, quote, they don't like projects that they haven't originated and they're protective of their brand, but that made us be more creative. So they'll have music in it, but it won't be... Elvis music. Maybe it'll be like a music uh, that sounds Elvis enough, like Elvis-ish. Or maybe Elvis Costello. Now you're talking. Pump it up. What if it's just Elvis Presley singing Elvis Costello songs? I'd like to hear some of that. Now you're talking. We have a time machine. Oh, it's so funny to be seen you after so long, girl. The way you look, I understand you are not impressed. Whatever, man. Thank you very much. Oh, I just don't know where to begin. (laughs) I'll tell you what, it's it's like I said just before I collapsed on the bathroom toilet. I said, I can't stand up for falling down. Thank you very much. Packed full. (laughs) I was going to put out a record called Blood and Chocolate. It was. <laughs> it was the last two things I remember seeing. The movie Priscilla is based on her, her 1985 memoir, Elvis and Me. Yes, I remember that. Officials from the Elvis Presley estate slamming the movie, calling it horrible and a money grab. Uh, one source saying, quote, This is just another example of Priscilla squeezing every dollar out of her relationship with Elvis and not caring about the ramifications. There's the story. uh, Priscilla was just 14 when she met Elvis. He was 24. The movie will also include, it says here, eyebrow-raising scenes such as Elvis picking out Priscilla's clothes for her as well as losing his temper and giving her a black eye during a pillow fight. Whatever, man. Put on this jumpsuit, man. Hey, man, I picked out some pants. I think you're going to look dynamite in. Or just you up like a little paper doll. Priscilla says here, it was a different time. I lived in his world. I wanted to please him. I wanted to fit in. I wanted to have fun with him. I wanted to see what it was that he liked. Tell you what I like, man. 
incredibly violent pillow fights. Now, are we doing this or what? Blood in and blood out, baby. Welcome to the gladiator arena. She says she's nervous. Priscilla says she's nervous about this movie. She's nervous about audiences seeing it because she says, it's my life. To get around the inability to use uh, Elvis's music, Sophia Coppola's husband contributed a portion of the film's music with his band Phoenix, including a cover of the Frankie Avalon tune Venus. The movie will also feature an 80s Ramones cover of the Ronettes' 1963 tune, Baby, I Love You. All right. Coppola says, uh, I know from my family what it's like to be inside a show business family. I know that growing up, people are looking at you in a different way and also living in a house with my dad, this big personality, a great artist, and a lot of our life revolving around that and seeing my mom's life as she was trying to find her way within his, I could relate to that. Yeah, man. I'm just like that fella that made that Godfather movie, man. It's the same damn thing. I don't know anything about this band, Phoenix. But I'll tell you right now. If they show me uh, how hard I worked picking out her clothes every morning, that'll be fine with me. I don't know if these patterns go together. Having a hell of a time getting this girl dressed. Well, <laughs> it just never ends. <laughs> the Priscilla movie will be in theaters October 27th. So we'll look forward to that together. I don't know after having seen the Baz Luhrmann movie if I need another Elvis movie, but could be interesting if it's a little bit more of a straightforward movie. And I'll answer your next question. I don't believe Tom Hanks is reprising his role <laughs> as Colonel Tom. Oh, please. Hey man, Colonel Tom, help me pick out some, help me pick out a headband here, man. It's the '60s. All these chicks are wearing these headbands. Do I have to make sure that it matches the the top or the or the skirt? I'm on, I'm in over my head, man. When I said I was gonna dress this girl, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Was making a commitment to here, man. Well, Elvis, what? Is bell bottoms are very slimming. Oh man, bell bottoms. What are you talking about, man? Colonel Tom, you're on your damn mind. What is that accent? I can't decide on fun. <laughs> I will tell you, Elvis, that I think that you need to dress her up in maybe yellows and some slimming patterns. Yeah, man. She's pregnant with Lisa Marie. It's kind of gross how much weight she's gained. Put her in some high heels, man. I don't know that that's a good idea, Elvis. Oh, Colonel Tom, you ain't no damn help. Priscilla, coming to a theater near you this October, just in time just for in Halloween. Time, just in time to save our summer. Man, Halloween's were especially tough. I had to figure out what her costume was going to be. Took a sheet and cut two little eyeballs out of it. Look at that. You're a ghost. Elvis, I don't want to be a ghost. What'd you say to me? Get a pillow. We'll settle this like man. A pillow fight. <laughs> The pillow again, Elvis. You're damn right, the pillow again. Colonel Tom, you're going to referee this. Keep me out of this, Elvis. No, man, I will keep you in. 
Is it 10 yet? No, it's we're getting closer though. Four. 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 I love starting off the week with uh, some people writing into advice columns. Looking for, you know, a little bit of help. Something. Mm-hmm. Don't have any friends who can help me out, so I'll write to a website or a newspaper and sit and wait for a couple of weeks for an answer. Still waiting over here. <laughs> Let's begin. Is it reasonable for my fiancé to expect me to cover all our rent and other household expenses for the next 10 years? What? My fiancé moved in last year. We're in our 50s and marrying soon. What? He believes he shouldn't have to contribute to the household expenses. Because? Like rent, utilities, household items, and groceries. I have a fixed income equal to his salary, and I will join his medical plan, so I do save there. He says when he retires in 10 years, we'll rely on his retirement to pay all of the expenses. But to get us there. And then we'll (laughs) use my equally sizable savings when we get to our 80s. He has no other savings and uses his current income to pay off small debts from before we came together and repairs on his rental property. He also has parent loans that he'll start paying soon. He owns a rental property and pays the mortgage. A financial advisor provided us a decent outlook after retirement, and we're not millionaires by any stretch, but I'm frustrated to be paying for everything. He says the math says it all. (laughs) Just follow the math. I'm just concerned he's not seeing the what-ifs between now and 10 years. Yeah. And what this feels like to me from a commitment and a financial standpoint. Yeah, you think? Yeah, the advice columnist here says... You're being conned. Your fiancé's math sounds very suspect. Yes. You're basically supporting your fiancé financially while he uses his income to pay off debts. It seems like you didn't sign on to that. No. No. You just take care of things here in our 60s. (laughs) And then by the time... Oh, yeah. Then everything... Just follow the math, baby. No, and then uh, I'll take care of everything when we get to our 70s. And then... He'll take care of everything when we get to our 80s. Yeah. How do I fix things? This next letter begins. How do I fix things after telling my partner that sex with them has never been as good as sex with my ex? You've already said this? Oh, yeah. That's not a genie you can put back in a bottle, buddy. I accidentally told my partner that the sex with them has never been as good as the sex with my ex during an argument. Since then, my partner and I haven't had sex. We've tried, but they say they can't enjoy it because they feel that during sex with them, I must just be thinking of how I wish I was having sex with my ex. Is there a way to fix this? I love them and regretted it the second I said it, and I don't want our relationship to end. But it is worth pointing out, it's absolutely true what I said. (laughs) Go ahead and reiterate that. I never would have told them, though, if I wasn't so angry. Wow. Yeah, that's a a lot of toothpaste already out of the tube. Yep. Uh, The 
advice columnist here for Slate advises uh, maybe go to couples therapy to address the damage that you've done. Quote, in the meantime, I think you should uh, meditate on why this particular barb was locked and loaded in your mind because that is a low blow that you had to know would hurt them immensely. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the nuclear option. That's something you say when you know you're done, right? I suppose that is, uh, yeah, that is uh, a big bullet in the chamber. Yep. Should I tell my friend I accidentally emailed a stranger about his farting? <laughs> and then the stranger posted a screenshot of it on social media. <laughs> I think you just leave well enough alone. <laughs> I just, <laughs> you did what? My friend Tyler and I decided to try a yoga class. As we were doing the first position, he passed gas very audibly. Uh-huh. It was super awkward. But then he said, excuse me, sounds like I started things off with a bang. Everyone chuckled and the uh, class went on. Yes. I thought Tyler's recovery from an ultra-embarrassing moment was great. Yeah. So I mentioned it in an email to a mutual friend of ours. But I stupidly and accidentally sent the email to the wrong person. A near stranger I'd exchanged a couple of emails with a couple of years ago. Uh-huh. The person who received the email posted a screenshot of it on social media with the message, quote, I got an email about a dude who farted. Oh, man. Her posting has been reposted many times by her impressive number of followers. Uh-huh. The email has Tyler's actual first and last name and some oh. details about where we live. Oh, no. I was no. horrified. What? 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 I was horrified and insisted she delete her posting. Too late. And she did, but of course, it is still out there floating around on the internet. Should I tell Tyler what happened or just hope he never hears about it? Wow, what a what a strange goings on. It's really important you uh you take a look at who you're sending emails to, I guess. Wow. Amy Dickinson, in this case, encourages the letter writer to, yes, tell Tyler about the email in the screenshot. Quote, you need to own your part in this, apologize profusely, and ask to be forgiven. I hope you two are able to resolve this with a mutual namaste and successfully move on well, the, in a respectful friendship. The, the fact, it's one thing to mention someone's name, even the last name, but to provide the address where they live. You're not going to believe it. Tyler Jones of 123 Main Street was in a <laughs> yoga class with me and farted. I don't understand any of that. No, it seems odd. Last one. Is my husband's desire for a 30 cubic foot meat freezer reasonable? My husband has a charcoal grill, a, gra a gas grill, and a Traeger. Mm. So we do a lot of outdoor cooking all year round. It's one of the very best things about living in Southern California. My husband is always finding new preps and recipes for the meals he cooks, mm -hmm. especially on the Traeger. To save money by buying bigger cuts of meat and cutting them down and freezing them, 
Last year, we bought a three and a half cubic foot deep freezer. It is now completely packed. And instead of working through what we already have, my husband has told me he started pricing a 25 or 30 cubic foot freezer model. We can barely fit the small one we have in our kitchen. And he said not to worry because we're going to put the big one in the spare bedroom. (laughs) Don't worry about it. I've already got it figured out. (laughs) What are you worried about? We got that spare bedroom. Then that way we don't have to have guests. He said not to worry about it. We could put the big one in the spare bedroom since nobody much uses it. That way we could have two deep freezers and save a lot of money on meat. I shut him down first because it's an expense we do not have to make. Because we could just go through what we already have. There is that. And second, those big freezers just gross me out. Think about all those TV shows, movies, and true crime stories where someone cuts a murder victim up and stuffs them in a freezer. I knew you were going there. Not to mention, we would use a third of the space in our spare room, which does get used when his family and my family come to visit. My husband says that even with having the cuts of meat we have in our smaller freezer... We could get an even bigger, better variety of meat if we had a bigger freezer. I see a serious flaw in my husband's thinking here. Don't you? I can see where people would be nervous about a freezer that big. (laughs) (laughs) Instantly, your thoughts are, Uh someone's going to cut me up and put me in that freezer. I'm going to end up in that freezer somehow. I don't know in in what configuration, but uh, it's happening. In this case, the advice columnist says, I agree with you completely that it'd be a less expensive strategy in the long run to work through the meat you already have on hand yeah. and then restock when if it's If you're talking about real savings. Yeah. There's nothing, there's, nothing more, there's nothing that you can save more than when you don't spend money at all. That, that, at the end of the day, is the biggest savings that you can do. And again, listen... I don't always follow that policy. <laughs> no. I, I don't always follow that policy. No. But it is. The yes. best policy is if you want to save the most money, uh-huh. spend nothing. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever do that? Do you do days where I'm gonna be I'm gonna do a zero spend day? Uh, you know? I cer- or a couple days in a row or I something. I certainly need to do a lot more of that. Well, it's just it's one of those things. I, I get it. It's easy to spend money. I'll tell you what, Darren. What you've just given us. Uh-huh. Is the very best of some very good <laughs> advice. Thank you. And that was good advice. Good advice. Good advice costs nothing and it's worth the price. I sincerely doubt that the world could do without my good advice. Number five. 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 Number five. We lost power in New Jersey. You don't want that. Because of an airborne fish. Incident involving a bird dropping a fish uh, caused a bunch of people to lose power in a neighborhood in New Jersey. The birds lately have taken their eyes off the prize. Remember, was it a week or so ago we had the bird that dropped the snake on the lady as she was mowing her lawn? Yeah, they're losing their grip. Incident involving a bird, an osprey, dropped its meal onto power lines, triggering an outage. The fish that fell from the bird's grip landed on a transponder in Sayerville. 
New Jersey. Fried fish. Just outside. It says here it's southwest of New York, Staten Island. Smells like uh, LJS out there. They say animal contact is a common cause of power outages. However, fish are not on the list of frequent offenders. No, typically no. Squirrels, yes. Got to be squirrels and maybe birds landing where they're not supposed to land. I've... I know that we've had a couple of instances where squirrels have landed somewhere they're not supposed to land or take chewed it. on something they're not supposed to Taking chew on. Taking you down, yes. And then, yeah, you don't have power in your building for some time. Uh, this outage of impacted 2,100 people and lasted less than two hours. So it's not exactly like the, uh, you know, the great New York uh, blackout of the 70s. Uh, the Sayreville, New Jersey Police Department having a little fun with this on Facebook. Uh, they have named the deceased fish Gilligan, and they're pointing a finger at an osprey as their main suspect, who they say was last seen flying south. Quote, please let us not forget the victim in this senseless death. Gilligan was a hardworking family man. He was a father to thousands of children. And I suppose when you don't have any air conditioning... You find that all very amusing. I don't know. I think I'd get a kick out of it if it was just a two-hour power outage. But, yeah, it's a, it's a good point. This is not a good time to lose power for any of us. Gilligan? Did Gilligan ever get electrocuted on that show? Why did the name Gilligan? They, they really should have worked that in somehow. Well, I mean, there's not a I mean, lot the, of electricity on, I mean, the, 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 did, on the island. Did the, did the professor ever build an electric chair <laughs> for, like, some sort of island justice? With, like, you know, the coconut on, on your head? That is a show that is screaming for a reboot. Yeah. And the first episode is the professor. The minute they land on the island, like this first episode. He builds an electric chair. He's getting to work on all kinds of execution methods. What's with, they had a guillotine, didn't they? They had to cut coconuts like that. Weren't they cutting coconuts? They had a guillotine, didn't they? I don't remember that. Boy, I can just see it in my mind that they were cutting coconuts and then they fall into a little basket that somebody has weaved. Some of the professor's best inventions, it says here, uh, he made a Geiger counter, a sewing machine. He did, in fact, make an electric generator at some point. Well, 11 things the professor built on Gilligan's Island instead of fixing the boat. Uh, on the episode. That's a good list, as opposed to fixing the boat. In the episode Lovey's Secret Admirer, Mrs. Howell keeps receiving love notes. To find out who's sending them, the professor puts together a lie detector out of the ship's horn and batteries from the radio. Well, if you've got a lie detector and you've got a generator. (laughs) I need you to make a lie detector and find out who's sending these notes to my wife, professor. I'll get right on that. Uh, Let's see. The professor makes a Geiger counter. When a meteor crashes onto the island... In season two, the professor whips up a bamboo Geiger counter. To dismay of everyone on the island, he concludes the meteor's cosmic rays will make everyone age quickly and die within a week. What? 
<laughs> the electric generator is the invention that allowed many more to be created. To create energy, needs for some of his more impressive inventions, the professor creates a pedal power generator by using a bike, wires, and the generator from the ship. He also made the sewing machine, a washing machine, a telegraph. No guillotine? Who are you telegraphing? Other people on the island? He made a hot air balloon, jetpack fuel, a battery charger, a roulette wheel, and a bomb. An atomic bomb. When a volcanic eruption looms over the island, the professor does what anyone would do. He builds a bomb to relieve the pressure. The professor somehow finds nitroglycerin to build the bomb which Gilligan thinks he accidentally drank. <laughs> when I was a kid, Russell Johnson was on a, a radio talk show, mm -hmm. and I phoned in. Yes? And I asked him, why didn't he just fix the boat? Oh, God, he didn't want to hear that. And no, no, he really... Do you understand it was a TV show? He offered me a, a non-answer answer. I think basically what he told me, I was like 11 or I'm 12. I'm an actor. He, I think his David, answer was, I'm an actor. was basically what would have been the fun of that. That wouldn't have been any fun to build, a, you know, fix the boat. Yeah. Okay, I get it. A lot of people don't know that the professor invented the internet. Well, if the show was on the island, look, if the show would have been on longer, the lie detector test is essentially the coconut contraption. I think that you're thinking of for the electric chair. What is it? When he puts the lie detector on, yes. like, he's got like the coconut on their heads. Right. It does almost look like Gilligan's about to get fried. <laughs> looking at this still from... Yeah. <laughs> looking at this still from the, uh, the Gilligan's Island, it does look alarmingly like Gilligan has done some stuff and is on his way to... Uh... Justice. <laughs> Electric, electric justice. Island style. <laughs> All over, Rock? I guess so. I didn't think it'd be like this. That was Dave and Darren's top five things. We know you enjoyed it. We hope you enjoyed it. You need it. But we know you enjoyed it. Coming off a little arrogant there. They enjoyed it, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, they would have made it this far in the podcast if they didn't. No, they would have bailed. A podcast that was brought, Bail. <laughs> brought to you by Nature's Treatment. Nature's Treatment has the largest menu in all of the state of Illinois. you got to respect that. It uh, offers a <laughs> I will, snowman. wide selection of products for recreational use, including flour, vapes, edibles, so much more. How about this? If you're an Illinois resident, sign up for your medical cannabis card. You can do so through leafwell.com. You'll receive coupons and discounts. Till we get a chance to do this for you again, hang loose, you kooks. You stay classy and safe, Quad Cities. Come on, Quad Cities, represent. This is for the Quad Cities reference spot. Davenport, yeah, we keeping it locked. Rock out, come on, and it just don't stop. East Moline, yeah, they keeping it hot. Your time is up. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. Stand clear of the closing doors, please.